1: Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now, for your host, Dan Mater.
0: Hello, and welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. We're here with the week... Nine preview part one, which means we're going over the Thursday night game and all of the early Sunday games in this podcast, and of course we have a mailbag segment from you, the fans, at the end of the show. So you are not going to want to miss a thing. Make sure you're tuning all the way through the episode. We have great information for you guys in today's show, and make sure you're following me along as always on Twitter at MDSFF Show for all those player news update notifications. As this is the prime time to find out all of the injuries ahead of your matchups and knowing exactly what you're going to need to do and what players might have some extra value for you on the waiver wire of sorts and of course make sure you can contact me through the facebook and the website page as well along with twitter at mdff show on facebook and of course the website www.mdffshow.com for all the rankings will be up later on today i promise we've had some computer glitches over the past couple of weeks that's why you might not have some of you might not have seen the rankings for last week. Some people saw them, some people didn't. I'm not exactly sure what was going on there, but the issue I am assured is fixed at this moment. So they should be up and ready to go and they sh- everyone should be able to see them this week, hopefully. Now, of course, we have a lot that we got to talk about. We did have a trade deadline on Tuesday it was very anticlimactic though. And the one piece of news that we did have come out of it, we're not going to do in the latest news segment because it's going to be part of the first game that we're going to preview because it has to do with Thursday night's game. And of course, if you haven't been living under a rock, you probably already know what I'm talking about in this one. So of course, we got a London game to talk about too. 930 in the morning. So we got the early London game for you guys to talk about. And that's always fun. I always like waking up in the morning and sipping coffee and having a football game on already just ready for me. Uh gives me a taste of what it's like to live on the West Coast. I envy you guys because that's all I would want to do. I don't like to watch three hours worth of pre-game shows other than the fact that it gives me some time to get the inactive active list out to you guys without having to wake up too early in the morning. But I love waking up right away and having football ready for me. So we're going to get a taste of that on the East Coast with the game at 930 in London West Coast. Uh, you might as well just pull an all-nighter from your party Saturday night and just stay up until 630 to watch that game. Because woof, that is, that is too early for a football game. <laughs> that's one thing that's crazy when you have these London games that are earlier in the day over there. But... We have a lot to get to. Week 9 is a big time. A lot of teams are on by, so there's a lot of value we're going to be looking for in places that we wouldn't normally look. So we're going to dissect it all in this upcoming episode. So we're going to hit the break right here. Come back and get started right away with the Thursday night preview of First. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. So I hate to break it to you all, but if you're hoping for another good Thursday night game, which we had a couple for the last few, except for you know last week. But if you're hoping for another Thursday night game that was going to be good and competitive, you're going to have to wait again until next week because this is going to be another blowout. There's no reason in the world the San Francisco 49ers should not blow out the Arizona Cardinals in tonight's matchup. I mean, there's a lot of things going wrong for the Arizona Cardinals heading into this game, starting off with the fact that David Johnson... Now, as of recording this early Thursday morning, is expected to be out of this game. Chase Edmonds had already been ruled out of this game last night. So that brings us into the latest news. The The only really thing of fantasy note that actually happened near the trade deadline, which was Kenyon Drake being traded from the Miami Dolphins to the Arizona Cardinals, and now in a situation where they might actually have to use him on a short week. Now, because it's a short week, because it's his first week with the team, I don't know how much he's going to be used. I mean, Zach Zenner, Alfred Morris, who are expected to be active as well, with though David Johnson and Chase Edmonds are absolutely a waste of space at this point. I mean, they're completely ineffective. So my my thought process, if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, is that even on a short week, because I don't want a very complicated system as it is, because Kenyon Drake has a lot of talent and can be at least utilized in the passing game, I would actually start him and have him out there most of the time. Because look, With the system that they run, it's not an overly complicated system. Kenyon Drake is a very talented player, very good playmaker, and he's way better than Zach Zenner, who's only been on the the team for two weeks, and Alfred Morris, who's only been on the team for two weeks. So it's not like these guys have such a better grasp of the playbook, and neither one of them are very effective in the NFL level. So to me, I would actually just play Kenyon Drake and... You know, take the mental mistakes that may happen, being that it's a short week, with the fact that at least he can make plays. And going up against this defense, you're going to need a team that can make plays. Here's the problem. All the reports that we've had coming from the inside of Cardinals camp have been the exact opposite. They've all been in certain packages. We're going to get Kenyon Drake the ball in limited time fashion, even if David Johnson and Chase Edmonds are out. So while I think Kenyon Drake in PPR leagues only could be a desperate flex option for you this week, if you're just looking for someone to plug in because it is a heavy bye week, I think think he is in the situation against 49ers, the team that should be having to come back from behind for most of this game. There's quite a possibility that he winds up with four to five catches, so he could have a floor for you in PPR leagues. Now, if you're in standard leagues, half point PPR leagues, even I don't know how much I want to take the chance. I gotta think there's still some be some better options out there for you. This would be though the only week I think Kenyon Drake is going to even have possibly spot start fantasy value because after this they have they have the ten days off. So. They will have the extra time before next week's game. David Johnson seemingly was kind of close to being able to go in this one. I think had it been on Sunday, he might have actually been able to play. So I think the expectation as of now is that David Johnson will be able to come back in week 10. So Kenyon Drake, I believe this is the only time he'll even have spot start fantasy value unless, of course. Johnson gets hurt again next week, and we're still a couple weeks away from Chase Edmonds being able to come back after the hamstring pull that he had. That would be the only scenario, and Drake will be the handcuff until Chase Edmonds is able to come back healthy. So over the next couple of weeks, if I own David Johnson, I would probably want to try to own Kenyon Drake just in case. Uh, As we've seen, David Johnson has been re-injured already once this season, so there's no telling it wouldn't happen again. They do seem to be taking their time with him this time. But being that this is a Thursday night game, Going with Kenny Drake, it's just hard to know exactly how they're going to utilize him in this matchup. So I would say, like I said, he's desperate spot start play for the flex, but he has a very low floor because you don't know exactly how they're going to use him. They may play Zach Zenner and Alfred Morris more just because they may trust them more when it comes to pass blocking, for instance. That's one of the biggest things I think it, it really boils down to. Not so much terminology of the playbook, but more of are you going to know where your blocking responsibilities are depending on the play call. Now, if it's me, lining being that you line up in shotgun, I'm just going to have Kyler Murray whisper in Kenyon Drake's ear every time you line back exactly what I need him to do on that play and then problem solved in my book at least for a game anyway. But it doesn't seem like this is what they're going to do unless we get a report that comes out differently. I think Kenyon Drake his value is only PPR leagues in a desperate flex play. So that's tackling that issue, which is a big question on everyone's mind because they're looking for value in all all over the place. Outside to that Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, this is not a matchup you really want to play them right now. Larry Fitzgerald has bottomed out to about a wide receiver four. He has the possibility of getting back on track because he's still Larry Fitzgerald, but this offense isn't throwing the ball as much as they had earlier on in the season and that's really what it boils down to because he was a guy who's benefiting off of the volume that these guys were putting up and if that's not going to be the case anymore moving forward while it's still an up-tempo offense if they're only going to be looking to average between 25 to 30 throws then Fitzgerald's really nothing more than a wide receiver four in PPR leagues even standard leagues I think you can possibly even move on from him depending on what you have available to you on your waiver wires uh, half point PPR leagues I think he's a wide receiver five so that's kind of what you're looking at as far as the value goes layer Larry Fitzgerald unless they turn a page and go back to their air raid system, which there's no signs of that really happening. Uh, maybe now Christian Kirkback will see it a little bit more because before I believe they were playing more two tight end sets because they simply don't have the wide receivers to do exactly what Cliff Kingsbury wants to be able to do as far as his air raid system. They don't have four legitimate wide receivers to throw out there. The rookies aren't ready yet. That's pretty much what it boiled down to. That's why you haven't seen them throw the ball nearly as much. That's why you've seen them go more towards the running game as of late. So we'll see if that turns around, but right now you're looking at a low four. Christian Kirk, I think, has a little bit of a higher ceiling. Him and Kyler Murray seem to be a little bit more on the same page. They seem to be taking the lead, especially over the past couple of weeks. PPR leagues, he has more of a higher floor. I think he's more of a higher end wide receiver four, low end wide receiver three. I think he's nothing more than a flex play though in a PPR league. Maybe if you play three receivers and you have it on your on buy, he can maybe give you a floor play and a uh, half point PPR leagues too. Standard leagues, especially in this matchup, I don't know how much I want to touch him because thing about the PPR leagues, like I can guarantee he's probably going to get somewhere between five to seven receptions in this game, so I'll have a floor based off of that. But I, I honestly, right now, I. Don't have him getting any more than 60 yards against this 49ers defense right now this could really be a blowout city this could be a game where you see the the entire arizona cardinals offense just be completely ineffective so i'm staying away from them i'm so really at the end of the day i would say if you have better options i would probably stay away from the cardinals offense altogether if if you can help it on the 49ers side of the ball we have some interesting things going on at the running back position there, too. Matt Breida is going to be a game-time decision. Raheem Mostert is going to be a game-time decision. And Jeff Wilson is going to be a game-time decision. Now, of the three, it sounds like Jeff Wilson is the one who's most likely to be active. But we could see Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert, although these guys, those two, have not practiced at all this week. So I would be a little surprised, quite frankly, against the Arizona Cardinals, a team you don't really have to push it, if both of them wound up being active. I could see maybe... Of the two, I would say I think Mostert has a better chance of being active than Matt Breida, but I wouldn't be surprised if both wound up being inactive, and Jeff Wilson was the back of Tevin Coleman. Now, why is this important? Well, whoever the second running back is in the 49ers, especially against the Arizona Cardinals, has flex value tonight in any scoring format. We all know this. We all know he's going to split, the, split up the carry, especially if he has a second running back he's going to be able to go to. Now, if something happened and all three of these guys could not go tonight, Tevin Coleman's looking at top three RB1 potential this week against the Arizona Cardinals in a situation where he might be getting all those touches coming off of a big week showing how good he is in this system showing how much he's made for this system uh skies would be the limit for him tonight's game if nobody comes back but I do expect at least one of these guys to be active like I said my money being more on Jeff Wilson and he would be a flex player that you can go ahead pick up and I think plug in and a spot start on these bye weeks for you if he is the only one who's active of the three because he'll get his touches. And in his situation, Shanahan's shown that he'll even trust him in goal line situations as well. I still think it would be Tevin Coleman predominantly in those situations in this game, but if they blow them out in the second half, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Wilson just takes over at some point. So keep that in mind. Whoever the second running back of the 49ers is will be a flex value tonight's game. So we will just have to keep a watch on my Twitter feed at MDSFFshow for that player news update notifications as I will be on top of that all day long. Now, as far as outside of the running game, what do you want to do? Well, Manuel Sanders, I think if you have him on your team, you continue to play him as a wide receiver three. The one good thing going for him in this one is that they do tend to move him around. So I don't expect him to see Patrick Peterson the entire game. This isn't a great matchup for him though, because Peterson, I think at this point can easily take away Emmanuel Sanders if they predominantly play him on the outside. But if you have him, Against the Cardinals, you're playing him as a wide receiver three as a flex option, depending on how your league is set up. So I do think that you can go in that direction. Outside of that, George Kittle, of course, you're starting him. That's it. I mean, Going against Cardinals, 49ers, there's there's nobody else who's even fantasy-relevant on a week-to-week basis. This is an offense that's just so run-first right now. Jimmy Garoppolo's still not throwing the ball enough to be considered a streaming option. Nobody else on the 49ers wide receivers is doing enough on a consistent basis to be able to trust them in any matchup, no matter how good. So right now, you're just you're leaning on George Kittle, you're leaning on Tevin and Coleman, and maybe possibly whoever the second running back is in tonight's game, and you can play Emmanuel Sanders who should have a decent floor for you in this matchup, but I wouldn't have a high expectation as far as what his ceiling could possibly be. Next game up we're going to talk about is the London game nine thirty. We got the Houston Texans. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars in this matchup. Deshaun Watson, I know there's been a lot of talk about his eye. He's going to be fine. He's going to play. On the Jacksonville side of the ball, as far as injuries go... D.D. Westbrook, who got knocked out of last week's game, has been practicing yesterday and today. He's expected to go. D.J. Chark, who popped up on the injury report yesterday with a quad injury, did practice in limited capacity yesterday is expected to also play on Sunday. So more of a precaution than anything else with him. It sounds like they're all going to be back. And I'm playing all Jaguars against Houston Texans. Look, their secondary is already atrocious and banged up due to injury. And now no J.J. Watt. Not only does that take away the possibility of the Texans' pass rush, but it also immensely increases the ability of the Jaguars to be able to run the football in this game. So Leonard Fournette, top five running back this week in any scoring format. Gardner Minshew... Top level streamer this week. Uh, DD, DJ Chark, both guys I think you can play this week. Both of them going to, DJ Chark, I think is a wide receiver two this week. DD Westbrook is a high end wide receiver three with some upside if he were to get a big play in this one. But these are all guys that you can go ahead and start without hesitation against Houston Texans this week. On Houston's side of the ball, obviously you start your studs. Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Carlos Hyde, I would start him as well. I know Jacksonville's actually been pretty decent against the run as of late, but I don't expect this game to get away from any one team. We could see quite a few points in this game, especially being in London, especially the way these two teams are built and playing right now. But I do think it'll be within a score. It'll be close for most of it. Carlos Hyde will get worked in. Duke Johnson, you still can't trust what his his production is going to be. Yes, this is a game where you can conceivably see that he would be involved in the passing game, but we've seen games where it's been that way before, and because they don't always throw it to the running back, he winds up getting left out. Now, as of late, he's been worked in a little bit more, this is true, but still not enough for me to feel comfortable being able to play Duke Johnson in a flex situation. It's just the the workload is not there on a consistent basis, and game flow has had very little to do with it, so I would still say you have to stay away from Duke Johnson, if at all possible. The one guy you're asking yourself a question, or I should say two guys, the two guys you're asking yourself a question about is Kenny Stills. And of course, Darren Fells, who's been on a little bit of a tear as of late. Darren Fells to me is, if you are truly desperate to the tight end position, and there's just nothing on your waiver wire, and you're just looking for somebody who might have the possibility of scoring a touchdown, I could play Darren Fells. But Like I said before, him and Atkins have been going back and forth most of this season. You don't know which one it's going to be on any given week. So they've been cutting into each other enough where I can't trust either of them. But right now, it is so desperate to tighten position, especially on a heavy bye week like this week, that you might just have to say, you know what? You scored the last two weeks. I'm going to see if you can continue your hot streak and you can go ahead and play them. That would be my one advice to you. It's a total shot in the dark. But just keep that in mind. But if you have no other option, it's... You could do worse. I mean, at least he's presented you the opportunity of having that. You know, he's on the field a lot because he's a very good blocker and he helps them out with Carlos Hyde in the run game. So he's going to be there when they go in the red zone. So you know that's a possibility for him to fall into the end zone. So for that reason, I do believe that you can take a shot in the dark on him if you're in that situation at the tight end position. For Kenny Still's, this isn't the matchup that I would pine over uh, to play him, but. If Jacksonville, with no Jalen Rams on the other side, have A.J. Bouye and focus their defense on taking away DeAndre Hopkins, which would be the logical thing for them to try to do, it could leave—we've seen the Jaguars' defense give up the big play before—it could leave Kenny Stills' one-on-ones and some opportunities. Now, remember, in that cover three, generally speaking— You're not going to have a ton of opportunities for big plays. But because of the way they've been playing as of late, especially we know Jalen Ramsey, they have been susceptible on the opposite side of A.J. Bouye of giving up that big play. So this is a game where if you need to take a home run threat, take a flyer on somebody, I think you can play Kenny Stills. I'm not wavered by the underwhelming performance of a week ago, the disappointing performance that people were playing him for last week against the Oakland Raiders. I'm not discouraged by that it's games like this where you have to keep in mind that second wide receiver becomes more valuable when the wide receiver one has a tougher matchup against a corner, which is what happens in this game. DeAndre Hopkins has a tougher matchup, which means that second wide receiver is the guy who's going to have the mismatch. Against Oakland, DeAndre Hopkins got fed the ball like crazy because no one on Oakland can stick DeAndre Hopkins. So in this game, it's a little bit different where Kenny Stills might have the mismatch. So While I'm still not going to love it, while he's still a wide receiver for my book, he is somebody, if you're looking at your team, you feel like you need to hit a home run, I think you can take the chance on Kenny Stills this week. There is a decent opportunity for him to get 100 yards. It might only be on four catches, but he's going to have that opportunity. Just keep that in mind. I don't think that's a bad play this week. Next game up we want to talk about here is the Washington Redskins and the Buffalo Bills. Now, what do we have here? We have a terrible game for fantasy purposes. That's that's number one. But let's dive into it a little bit deeper. Adrian Peterson, we know, is going to get the bulk of the work. Darius guys cannot come back till week 11. They have their bye week next week. So this might be the last week for them. You don't love the matchup against Buffalo, but at the same time, they are not the same run defense that we saw earlier on the season. They've been a little bit susceptible over the past couple of weeks. We saw Adrian Peterson do pretty well against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, part of that, I do believe, had the adrenaline that he was going against his old team. And I think a lot it had to do with that. Not going to trust Adrian Peterson, but standard leagues especially. I'm going to try to stay away from PPR leagues. So I think you can find guys with better floors in PPR leagues, but standard leagues... I do believe he's a guy who's getting enough work that you can play him for serviceability to get you somewhere between six to eight points. And if you're just looking for somebody who can get you in that range to keep you comfortable everywhere else in your lineup, I do believe you can go in that direction, even against the Buffalo Bills in this one. Because you know the Redskins, at the end of the day, no matter what they want to do on offense, the first thing they're going to do is run the football. It's all Bill Callahan really wants to do with his team to keep them in game, to try to keep them as competitive as possible, is run, 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 run. Even when they're down, you saw it against the Minnesota Vikings a week ago. Even when they're down by a couple scores, they still want to run. The good thing is, is that while the Redskins' defense is terrible, Buffalo's offense is nothing to ride home about either. So this isn't a game in which I think they'll get blown out or at least not get blown out early. So game flow should be there. I think you can play Adrian Peterson as a flex play predominantly in standard leagues. Terry McLaurin, you play him no matter what. I don't care if he's playing Javis White. He has shown all season long that no matter what the matchup is, he can produce for you. Because he is the lone receiver who can make any plays right now for the Washington Redskins. So continue to play him. Is he possibly more of a high-end wide receiver 3 this week in a tough matchup? Sure, but he's still somebody who belongs in your lineup. No matter what the scoring format is. Outside of that we can't really play anybody. Chris Thompson's still not practicing, so he doesn't have the PPR value of possibly being a flex play if he was back in the lineup. We're probably not going to see him until after the bye in week 11. And even then, we're going to have to see what they do with Darius Kai. So they're going to try to use him as a workhorse like that like John Gr- like Jay Gruden excuse me, tried to do week 1. Or are they going to work Chris Thompson in even with Darius Geis in the game? Those are the questions we're not going to have the answers to until after the bye week most likely when we get to see Darius Geis possibly coming back. But for right now, this week, it doesn't look like he's practicing, which means Adrian Peterson's going to get more work his way. As Wendell Smallwood, even though he's the guy who's considered the pass-catching back, really hasn't been worked in that much even in those situations with no Chris Thompson. So keep that in mind. On the Bills side of the ball, I think Josh Allen's a fine streamer. He's a guy who you try to go after the four because of the rushing. Uh, he will have the opportunity to hit john brown on a big play hit some of his wide receivers so he has a floor i think he's he is a streaming option but because of his play has been so inconsistent and even in matchups like last week for instance against the philadelphia eagles which he should have been a decent streamer for didn't have a great game he's somebody who just has a wide range of outcomes for a streaming quarterback option and that's why he's not very high on my list as far as streaming quarterbacks go into this week frank gore devin singletary one of them's going to do okay. Problem is they're still splitting carries. So with the two of them right now, you can't start either one of them. Even against the Washington Redskins, I don't believe you can start either Devin Singletary or Frank Gore. They're getting too many touches between the two of them. And it's not like a Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman situation where you know they're going to definitely move the ball with the running game and get worked in the passing game it's Singletary will get worked in the passing game and then be left out in the rushing game or split the carries with Frank Gore the the inconsistency the production has been too uneven I don't believe that if you're in a good situation on your team that you're going to be able to start Frank Gore or Devin Singletary now if you have to start one of them I would definitely start Devin Singletary as he's still the guy who gets worked in in the passing game. And I do believe now that he's a couple weeks removed from coming back from the hamstring injury, we're going to start to see him get a little bit more of the carry work here and there as the weeks progress. And it could start with this week. So if I have to pick between the two, I'll do Devin Singletary, but I'm not going to love it. Not going to love it at all. John Brown, I'll take a shot on him this week. Wide receiver four, home run flyer, good matchup here. He's been pretty consistent as far as having a floor from week to week in the volume that he's been seeing. So I will take the shot on John Brown this week. Outside of that, I'm still staying away, not still not touching Cole Beasley. I don't know how you can trust any other wide receiver not named John Brown or any other pass catcher frankly not named John Brown on the Buffalo Bills right now. Next up, we have the Minnesota Vikings and the Kansas City Chiefs. So what do we have going on in this? Game? We have a lot of fantasy value in this game, obviously. First things first, talk about the injuries. Adam Thielen should be back this week. Came back to practice yesterday. uh, Coming back with a hamstring issue. I do believe last week, had it not been the Thursday night game, had it been the Sunday game, we probably would have saw Adam Thielen a week ago. So I do believe he's very much healthy coming into this game. You love the match against the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course you love it for him. You love it for Stephon Diggs. They're both going to be borderline wide receiver ones very high end wide receiver twos coming into this matchup the Minnesota vikings offense has been very good over the past month i continue it to be so dalvin cook of course is you know rb2 overall a second only to christian mccaffrey at this point and will continue to do so against kansas city who everyone's been able to run on so you're playing those guys Kirk Cousins is a fine streaming option. This is a game that, unlike last week against Washington Redskins, where he didn't have to throw for them to win, and we've seen that for Minnesota in the past. If they haven't had to throw the ball, they don't necessarily have to. And you know, last week they only had really Stephon Diggs to throw the ball to anyway. This game with Adam Thielen back going up against Kansas City Chiefs, even with Matt Moore in the game, the Chiefs have shown they can move the ball on offense and still be productive. So I do believe Kirk Cousins will be in a situation that he'll actually get to throw the ball maybe 30 times this game with his with both of his weapons and Dalvin Cook in the passing game available. I think he's a very good, solid streaming option this week who does have some upside for you. For the Chiefs, like I just said, the big story, of course, is going to be watching Patrick Mahomes all week long. He's limited; in, He was limited in practice again yesterday. He's expected to be limited all week long. He is doing a little bit more in practice this week than he did last week, and he's not officially ruled out. The plan still has been for him to come back in week 10, though. So I do think it's going to take him showing the coaching staff beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's not going to be injured any further or that he's definitely 100% ready to go for them to play him this week. Because Matt Moore hasn't been bad. Now, the things going for him to play this week, is the fact, they, while Matt Moore hasn't been bad, they still lost last week. They've been on a bit of, they've lost, what? They've won one game of the last month. So they are in a situation where they're slipping a little bit. And if the Chargers are able to come back after their win and start to get going there, the Raiders have been pretty competitive in most of their games. They're going to be in a situation where they're going to want to pull away soon. So if they do think Patrick Mahomes is ready to go, I think there's a chance. It's a small chance. It's less than 50% chance. But there's a chance we could see Mahomes this week. Let's say real quick if Mahomes does play this week. Sammy Watkins, outside of Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey having value, which you're going to play no matter what the situation is, Sammy Watkins, to me, is somebody who becomes a mid- to high-level wide receiver three in that matchup. Look, the Vikings haven't been that great against wide receivers this year. Uh, They're actually in the top ten as far as giving up points to wide receivers thus far. Xavier Rhodes is not the same player. They've always had some trouble in the backside corner, whether it's been Hughes, whether it's Trey Waynes, whatever the case may be. So if Patrick Mahomes does play, I do believe you can play Sammy Watkins in this matchup in a game in which I don't know how well Kansas City is going to be able to run the football with Lashawn McCoy, which we'll get we'll talk about him in a second. Now that's just assuming for a second Mahomes plays. Now, if Matt Moore plays, then Sammy Watkins becomes more of a flyer wide receiver four type, where. He actually, in PPR leagues, does have a decent amount of volume. They Look, they moved the ball around. They tried to get him the ball last week. He had five catches, 45 yards. Obviously not a lot of production, but he did have five catches. He was involved in the pass game, even with Matt Moore. And, you know, I'm not sold on the Green Bay secondary, but some people are. So if you look at that as a good matchup or as a tougher matchup that they had to face and he was able to get involved there, there's no reason why he can't do a similar type of, of line against the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think he has the highest of ceilings unless he gets a big play, which is where he becomes a flyer because that's always a possibility. But if you're in a PPR league, you need somebody who gets you 8 to 10 points. I do think he's going to be able to do that for you. I do think he's involved enough at that level. But that's why he's also a wide receiver for me because I don't think he has a particularly huge ceiling. This isn't a matchup that screams that he should get a big play in this one. But I do think between him and Tyreek Hill, one of them might, even with Matt Moore at quarterback. So that goes there. Now, for the running back situation, Sean McCoy was put back into the doghouse last week once he fumbled again. He didn't play at all the second half. It was all Damien Williams and Darrell Williams. That was it. McCoy wasn't out there again. So the question is, like last time, is he just put in the doghouse for the rest of that game and they come back this week and start him again as the main rusher? Or because the last time this happened, they went into the, the bye week. No, I'm sorry. Last time this happened, it was a Thursday night game. They had the extra 10 days to for him to work himself out of the doghouse again before the next matchup. Andy Reid is the type of guy where usually, especially with guys like Rashawn McCoy, if he puts you in the doghouse, he will give you the opportunity the following week to respond. And while Damien Williams was okay running the ball, he still showed that he's inefficient as a runner overall. Rashawn McCoy is still their best runner. So it remains to be seen. I think it leaned towards Rashawn McCoy getting his main rusher job back but it's still a three-headed monster he's still not going to get more than 12 or 13 touches most likely so that makes him nothing more than a low-end flex play because frankly the volume is not there enough in a tough matchup against the minnesota vikings that a lot of teams have not had success running the football on i don't know how much you can trust mccoy this week if patrick mahomes were to play and he's the main rusher different story Different story. Then I think he is a solid flex play in that situation because I think he has a decent chance to score in that situation. But if it's going to be Matt Moore, I mean, he's, he's, he's a spot star if you need him because you're hurt by bye weeks. That's pretty much it. We don't know exactly what his role is going to be. If he's worked himself out of the doghouse, how much more now Damian Williams or Darrell Williams might be involved as a result. We don't know any of that. So I lean towards he'll get another chance. But we've also seen now that you have to worry about him fumbling. Because if he fumbles again, he might get sent back to the doghouse again for the rest of the game. We've seen that twice happen now, where he's fumbled and then didn't play after that. So that's something you're going to have to keep in mind as well. Because if Mahomes plays, solid flex play. If not, just a spot start if you need him to. Because I do think he'll get his role back for at least the beginning of this game. We're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side, we have a few more games to preview, and of course we'll still have the mailbag segment coming up, so don't go anywhere. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at unwrapsports.com. Again, that's unwrapsports.com. Coming out of the break, we have the game of the century to talk about the New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. Haven't you guys heard? This is going to be the greatest game of all time. <laughs> it's the Adam Gase revenge game that nobody cares about. <laughs> Look, Adam Gase is an idiot. We saw that at the trade deadline. There's absolutely no reason in this world, Le'Veon, Bell, Jamal, Adam should have been on the trade market, period. I don't care if they were trying to ask for a King's ransom. It does not matter. I mean, this guy is beyond stupid. Should not be an NFL head coach. Of all the people who should be fired right away or fired after their first year with a new team, it should be him. It's not going to happen, but it should be. But getting that out of the way, let's dissect what's actually important for our fantasy matchups this week in this game, which, surprisingly enough, is actually a decent amount for two teams that are terrible right now. Look, on the Jets' side of the ball, Sam Darnold, if you're in a 14 or 16 team league, and because there's a heavy bye week this week, he can be a streamable quarterback against the Miami Dolphins. I stress that it needs to be a 14 or 16 team league. So if you're in a 10, 12 team league and you're listening to this, no, you you do not pick up Sam Darnold. There's going to be a better option out there for you that I would rather have. But if you're in a 14, 16 team league, there might not be anything else out in the waiver wire. So Sam Darnold can be a streamer option for you in that situation because it's the Miami Dolphins because of the matchup. I love Le'Veon Bell this week. I truly believe Le'Veon Bell is going to get 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown this week. You had Adam Gase come out and say that he made a mistake not getting him more touches last week. I think there will be an emphasis on that. And this is finally a matchup the Jets are in where they don't need a great offensive line to get good production out of Le'Veon Bell. He's been running hard all season long, even when there's been nothing there of opportunity for him to take advantage of. I expect him to be heavily involved in this offense, and I do think Le'Veon Bell is going to put up low-end RB1 production in this matchup against the Miami Dolphins so this this is the part of the schedule you've been holding Le'Veon for if you drafted Le'Veon Bell it's been a little rough he's been able to give you a pretty good floor especially if you're in PPR leagues he's been able to give you a pretty decent floor almost each and every single week but this is the part of the schedule you've been waiting for for the next six weeks they play terrible run defenses so this is where you expect Le'Veon Bell to finally give you a return on your investment moving forward Robbie Anderson, look, all you're playing as a Dolphins, so all of the Jets wide receivers are going to have some upside attached to them. Even Demarius Thomas, who has been worked into this game and suddenly been having, getting heavily targeted the last couple of weeks, even he has some value heading into this matchup. Now, that is another one that's more for 14- and 16-team leagues, but the targets have been there enough where he's not a crazy play against the Dolphins this week. Jamison Crowder, I've been harping this all week, or all year, I should say. James Crowder is only, only PPR relevant, full-point PPR relevant at that. Because you don't know how many yards he's really going to be able to get. He's never going to be a guy who's going to have an actual opportunity to score. If he does score, it's going to be by accident. So he's just purely a PPR option, but he does have PPR ability this week. You can play him in the flex. He is a higher-end wide receiver 4, low-end wide receiver 3, who you might be able to plug in this week do the bye weeks. That's a possibility. You know Adam Gase wants to go to the slot receiver. I do think Adam Gase is going to have a level of aggression against his old team, so I don't think he's going to pack it in and go total conservative this week either. So I think you, I think you could see Crowder in there. I think you're going to see Sam Darnold uh, check the ball down. We still don't know if Chris Herndon's going to come back this week. He did practice in limited capacity yesterday, but he practiced in limited capacity all week long last week and still wound up being inactive. We don't know how he's progressing. We can't get much information out of the Jets. All we have to do is watch the practice report, which we will. But there's been no difference since last week, so we don't know if he comes back this week or not. So you may have to wait a little longer before he can be a streaming tight end option. Even then, if you're and part of MD Nation, you shouldn't be streaming him because you know, you know, Chris Herndon's not going to do anything for you because he does not does not fit the system. But is desperate a tight end, good matchups to come. I get it. If you're like, hey, I got to do something. We'll talk about that when we actually know he's going to play this week or if he starts to play next week or what have you. As far as Robbie Anderson goes, the only way I can play him is if you're just in a situation where, like, look, I need to take a shot on somebody hitting a home run. No Xavier Howard. Miami Dolphins secondary is going to be right for the picking. Anderson could get a big play in this game. The, the matchup will be there. Uh Sam Darnold's not going to see a lot of pressure. So there's a decent chance he'll be more comfortable in the pocket throughout this game, which usually gives him the couple extra second or two to take a shot once in a while to Robbie Anderson. I'm not going to love it. I'm not going to trust the volume. He's going to have no floor for me. It's either gonna He's gonna either going to boom or he's totally going to bust. There's going to be no in between. So if you're playing Robbie Anderson, it's because you have to have a home run threat in your lineup this week. Otherwise, I'm staying away. He's the one receiver I'm staying away. The, the work just hasn't been there. Just hasn't plain and simple so only if you have to take a home run threat do you play Robbie Anderson as far as the Dolphin side of the ball goes uh Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of the same thing as Sam Darnold I, I mean look if you're in a league where you get heavily penalized for interceptions Probably not. Even in your 14-16 team league, I probably still wouldn't stream Ryan Fitzpatrick in that situation. But if you only, say, get a minus one, or if you're in some leagues where you don't get negative points for turnovers, I think Fitzpatrick could have a decent game. I mean, I think 300 yards and a couple touchdowns is very possible against this secondary. The receivers of the Dolphins have been pretty good. Parker and Preston Williams have played well this season. They really have, against all odds. So I don't think it's an impossibility that these guys could have a decent game. I think Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are both wide receiver fours with flex appeal in certain situations, in spot star situations, depending on what is on your team, depending on what buys, what injuries you're dealing with. Look, the Jets don't have a secondary right now. They're going to blitz. Fitzpatrick typically will throw the ball up in a blitz and try to go for a big play. I like Devontae Parker more than Preston Williams, obviously, because he's the one who's been getting into the end zone and making more of the big plays. But they both have been giving between seven and nine targets almost every single week. So the volume's there where they can have a decent floor for you, especially in PPR leagues. So I think they're both kind of in that category where they could be fantasy relevant for you. Parker, I think you can have him be fantasy relevant in almost any scoring format. Preston Williams, I would lean more towards if you're in a PPR league, I'll look at him. Halfway PPR league, I'll look at him. I'm not gonna play him in a standard league though, because he just he hasn't scored touchdowns. Especially over the past month or so. So, I would lean towards Devontae Parker, where I would play, I could maybe play Parker if I needed to in a standard league. Now, obviously, these are options you don't love, but that's what we talked about heading into this show. There's going to be options, there's going to be value you're going to be looking for in places you wouldn't normally look. And it's going to be this way from week nine to week 12 because they're heavy bye weeks coming up with a lot of really good teams. So, that's what you have to look at in those situations. So, that's why guys like Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, yeah, they're going to have some value there. Now, the big thing, of course, is Kenny and Drake's traded. So Mark Walton, we know, is going to be the main starter. The problem Mark Walton is having is that Kalen Balazs is still getting worked in at the goal line. So on a team in which, even if you get 16 touches a game, which he very well may the rest of the way, if you're not going to have the opportunity to score from in close, don't know how much value you're going to have for this team. It's not like he's going to rush for 100 yards for scrimmage. Or even get 100 yards from scrimmage on a consistent basis. So if he's not going to have the opportunity to score touchdowns, and he's probably looking at maybe 60 to 80 yards any given game tops, including this one against the against the Jets, you're playing a guy who you're like, look, I just need you. You have to play the guy with the mindset I just need six to eight points out of you. I just need a serviceable flex play out of you. I need somebody who I know is at least going to be on the field out of you. That's the way you have to look at it to play Mark Walton right now. So that is an option. He's a starting running back in the NFL, so you're he you should be rostered. Because unfortunately, that's how you know that's how bad it is. That's, that's what you have to do, especially on the waiver wire. But those are the situations in which I play him, and only those situations. Next game up to talk about, we get the Chicago Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles. This game's gonna be interesting. We have to see, if you're David Montgomery owner, I would be on the Philadelphia Eagles injury report every single day because you are looking for whether or not Fletcher Cox and that defensive line is going to be healthy enough to play this week. That, that is what you're going to be looking for. Um, Because if they don't, David Montgomery, who had a lot of work last week, will have a good game again this week. If they do, then you don't love the matchup. Now, look, I think it's clear, especially after last week, while they still lost the game, how much better that offense in general was being able to hide Mitchell Trubisky by being able to run the football. So even against the Eagles, which you don't love the matchup for, especially if Fletcher Cox and Tim Jernigan and those guys are healthy, you're going to probably have to stick with it. Because I think he's, I think Matt Nagy's realized, like I have to hide Mitchell Trubisky as much as humanly possible. Unfortunately. So I think Montgomery is somebody you can still play as a high-end RB3, a solid flex play. You know, he can start as your second running back if you have to. But don't expect a big ceiling if they're injured. I mean, if, I mean, sorry, if they're healthy and playing, obviously. So, That would be my expectation for David Montgomery heading into this matchup. I know a lot of people are going to want to play him after last week. A lot of people didn't have him in their starting lineups last week. And because of that, you're going to want to, you know, chase the points in some senses. Not a great matchup to do that, but it could be a better matchup than most people would think just looking at it on paper for this particular week. So if you have David Montgomery... I would be checking the Philadelphia injury report all the time. And the reason I'm not saying my my Twitter feeds because I mostly stick to fantasy-relevant news. You know, Fletcher Cox, Tim Jernigan not playing is not going to be fantasy-relevant news. So I can't guarantee you I will be able to be on top of that for you. But I will keep an eye out. If you are a Dave Montgomery owner, contact me. I'll let you know what's going on. I will do that for you personally. Remember, I am here to be a tool for you to help you win your championship game. So if you ask a question of me, I will do my best to help you out. So take advantage of that. Allen Robinson, love the play. Look, he's high end wide receiver three this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Good matchup. I expect Chicago to have to throw the ball at least 25 to 30 times in this game. Allen Robinson's the one pass catcher you can trust right now with the matchup against the Eagles. Yeah, Allen Robinson should be in most, if not all, starting lineups, no matter what the scoring format is this week. He's had the volume. He has a safe floor. If he gets into the end zone, he can give you a solid wide receiver two production if he gets a touchdown, which he has a good chance to do in this game. He's been the one guy Mr. Trubisky will throw the ball up to, and the only one. That's actually it as far as fantasy-relevant players go for Chicago right now because Trubisky's is not playing well enough to make anybody else fantasy-relevant. For the Philadelphia Eagles side of the ball, it boils down to this. Will Deshaun Jackson play this week? And if Deshaun Jackson does play this week, and I'm a Deshaun Jackson owner, I'm not playing him. Just to be clear, is his first week back... We don't know exactly how he's going to be able to go, what kind of shape he's going to be in, if he's going to play the entire game. I would wait one week. You don't love the matchup. He's a deep ball guy. They're going to be able to get pressure on Carson Wentz, so he's not always going to have the time to throw it to him deep. I would wait one more week to play Deshaun Jackson. But, the reason why it's so important for him to come back this week is because if you have the threat of Deshaun Jackson, if you actually have some speed on this team, a guy who can possibly threaten you to at least take the top off the defense, all of a sudden the cloud coverage all Sean jeffrey has been seeing goes away. So now his matchup gets a lot better, especially against a Chicago secondary that's not overly impressive to you. Carson Wentz's ceiling goes way up because now all of a sudden all the intermediate stuff opens up for him and he has the possibility of hitting the deep ball down uh, the deep ball down the field, which he throws a really good one up and hasn't been able to utilize that part of his game because he has no speed on that Eagles offense right now. None. So it's vital Deshaun Jackson comes back for this team for all the other fantasy-relevant players. It opens up things for the running game. But you like Jordan Howard a lot this week. He's probably going to get some extra work, whether Miles Sanders is able to play or not, who did not practice yesterday because of a shoulder injury. There is some optimism that he will play. But even if he does, if he's banged up, I think Jordan Howard's going to get probably 15 carries in this game. If he does that, along with the fact that you know he's going to be involved in the red zone, I think he's somebody who can play as a high-end flex play this week, at the very least. Possibly a spot-star RB2 for you, depending on if you're, you know, bye weeks So I think that's what you're looking at here in this instance. Miles Sanders plays. I think he's a PPR flex. That's about it. That's about as far as it goes. Um, I don't really love the match against Chicago. Running backs in the passing game don't typically do as well against Chicago. You can run at them for sure. But... They have fast enough linebackers where running backs in the receiving game haven't been overly productive. So that's where I would lean off of Miles Sanders. But if he doesn't go, Darren Sproles will come into that role. You're not going to play Darren Sproles. But just to kind of keep that in mind, Sproles would be the guy who takes over if Sanders cannot go. I would play Alshon Jeffrey with confidence if Deshaun Jackson plays. But only if Deshaun Jackson plays. If not, then you may have to play Alshon Jeffrey as a wide receiver three And he may not have a better option, but I'm not going to have a big expectation as far as his ceiling goes in this matchup because they're going to be able to cloud coverage him like they have pretty much, like he's been seeing all all year long since Deshaun's gone out. So that's where it boils down to. Zach Ertz, you have to keep playing Zach Ertz. I know it's been bad. I know it's been terrible. I know Dallas Goddard's been getting worked in more and more the last couple weeks. You have to still play Zach Ertz. You have no other choice. You're not going to have a better option in tight end position. You have to keep playing him. Chicago's not great against the tight end. Deshaun plays, it should open up the middle part of the field. But obviously, he has a low floor with the way he's been playing as of late. So just keep that in mind as well. Next up, we have the Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers in this matchup. Jacoby Brissett, not as much of a high streamer in this week. Pittsburgh's defense has actually played pretty well for the most part. Uh, I know they had some lapses last week, but that had more to do with the offense and not getting going until the second half than it did anything else. So I, wouldn't, I would probably stay away from Brissett this particular week as a streaming quarterback option, but Marlon Mack, high in RB2. He's getting the volume. It's a good offensive line. As long as he's getting 17 to 20 carries, which he has been on a consistent clip, he's going to be a running back, too, for you. T.Y. Hilton uh, was limited in practice yesterday, but the expectation is he's going to be good to go. Obviously, you have to play T.Y., This is not a game in which I would play Zach Paschal. Yes, last week I said I think this offense can hold two receivers' fantasy value. I still believe that to be true, and I still believe that Zach Paschal has set himself up to be that second wide receiver. But in this matchup, I don't think you're going to see a ton of offense in this game, quite frankly. And I don't think against this Pittsburgh defense, which has been playing pretty well, you're going to see the second guy shine too much. I think this is going to be a TY game, and really everyone else, hmm, hmm. I don't know how much I love it. I don't know how much I trust it. It definitely has a low floor for everybody else involved. It goes the same thing with Eric Ebron. I mean, he's nothing more than a shot-in-the-dark streaming option at the tight end position this week. Jack Doyle shouldn't even be on your radar. On the Pittsburgh Steelers' side of the ball, James Conner, AC joint sprain, He's optimistic he'll be able to play. It is the same injury that Josh Jacobs had and didn't practice that whole week, came into the game, played, had over 20 touches, had a very good game. So it's not impossible for James Conner to do something similar in this one. But let's say for a second he misses. Benny Snell's definitely out for the next two to three weeks. I leave Jalen Samuels, who is practicing in full, again, expected to play. And in fact, they came out and said he will play this week regardless. So there's a situation in which Jalen Samuels may be the lone workhorse back in this one. It's why he was on the waiver wire report on Tuesday. Hopefully, if you're a James Conner owner, you had picked him up just in case. And even if you're not, Jalen Samuels would be a top-end flex play RB2 this week, especially if he became a workhorse against a Colts team that has been susceptible to the run. And I think he would get some good production in this. And being that he's a good pass catcher, we know that. He's going to have a high floor. He's going to have a chance to score. So yeah, Jalen Samuels would be an RB2 if Conner can't go. We'll have to see. we have to wait and see what happens. We're not going to really know probably clearly until Friday, until tomorrow. So just make sure you're following me along on Twitter at MDSFFshow. It's going to be one of the things that I am definitely going to be watching incredibly closely as as the week progresses. As far as everybody else, Juju Smith-Schuster, you play him. Deontay Johnson, if you want to take a chance on the flex position because you're, you know, injuries, buys are a problem for you this week, you can. Yes, he scored the touchdown on a busted play, but he scored touchdowns whenever Mason Rudolph has played. That's something you can't really ignore. Even if it's been slightly by luck, if you're out there, you're scrounging on the waiver wire, you need somebody to give you some pop, he's done it as long as Mason Rudolph has played. Rudolph will play it again this week. So I think Deontay Johnson is a sleeper dark horse that you can take a shot on. If you're in that situation that you need to take a shot on somebody, he is an option for you. Vance McDonald, I like him more than Eric Ebron as far as a streaming tight end goes, but he just, working back from the injuries and as far as that offense is going, he just hasn't been involved enough for me to trust him. But if you're desperate for a streaming option, he is somebody who at least Mason Rudolph has shown in the past he will go to if given the opportunity to do so or if in a situation to do so. So it's not impossible that he will have a decent output or at least have a chance to score a touchdown. So keep that in mind as well. Next up, we have the Tennessee Titans. We have the Carolina Panthers. This is the last game that we're previewing for the early Sunday games. And in this matchup, fantasy relevant news, obviously Derek Henry, high on RB2. Might even be an RB1 this week with some of the buys that we have, but he's going to have the workflow. You just saw Tevin Coleman rip off runs like crazy against Carolina. I, I don't think it's going to be that that effect. Carolina does have a decent defense, especially against the run. Uh, that was just a game in which the 49ers just came out and, and dominated. But, obviously, Derek Henry, you're going to start him. question really becomes with the wide receivers. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a big-time stream this week. Like I said, Carolina's defense isn't bad. Um, last week, we did saw him throw for three touchdowns. Not very many yards, though. I... <laughs> I would stay away from Ryan Tannehill if you possibly can. It's another situation, though, where he does fall in the same category as Sam Darnold this week, where if you're in 14, 16-team leagues, he can be that low-end level streaming quarterback option for you if you just have no better options, Like because he does offer you an opportunity to get you 20, 40 yards rushing. He can get you a floor. Um, I do think he'll throw for a couple touchdowns in this one. Who it'll go to, we don't know, and we'll get to talk about that in a second, but that's why I think in those situations he could be viable in a 14 to 16 league only. You know, obviously, again, if you're a 10, 12 team league, ignore that. You know, don't don't go ahead and pick up Ryan Tannehill. You will have a better option, I promise you. As far as Corey Davis and AJ Brown go, um, I still think AJ Brown has the higher four because of the two. I'm going to think that he has the better chance of scoring a touchdown than Corey Davis does. So that's kind of what it boils down to there for me. Uh, this isn't a secondary that scares you by any stretch of the means, but this is also a game in which I think it could see low scoring uh, opportunities. I don't think there's going to be a particularly high scoring game. I wouldn't be surprised this game would tapped out at the high twenties for, uh, I'm sorry, low twenties for both teams, even even it makes it into that. I think you're going to see a lot of running, a lot of ground and pound, a lot of defense in this game in general, So I would think there's better options for you for A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, but if you have to play one of those two, I do like A.J. Brown's floor a little bit more because I just like him to be able to score a bit more than Corey Davis right now. And I do think one of them is going to score a touchdown in this game, but knowing which one it is, I think it's going to be beyond you. So this is a situation where, unfortunately, because of the bye weeks, you want these guys to have value, as they are the top two receivers of their team, and they've had some success so far. But... There hasn't been enough consistency as far as our output goes to know which one to trust. I mean, really not. So I would look for better options than Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. I would try to avoid that if I possibly can. If Delaney Walker doesn't go, Janu Smith has to be a tight end who's on your radar this week. Has to. I don't love it. I've compared him to Jared Cook a bunch of times. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have another good game the rest of the season after having a good one last week. But it doesn't change the fact that he's shown... To have a pulse, which is pretty much what you're looking for in the tight end position right now. And as a result, he has to be on your radar if you're in a desperate streaming tight end situation. So that's what you're looking at there. On the Panthers' side of the ball, obviously Christian McCaffrey, number one running back, will continue to be so. This is a tough match against Tennessee. It was a tough match against San Francisco, too. So it all that it matter He's matchup proof. You're good to go. DJ Moore still holds his high-end wide receiver three value in PPR leagues because he's been getting the target share. He hasn't had a lot of games to go for 100 yards. Hasn't had a lot of games where he scored a touchdown. But he has had a lot of games where he's getting seven to nine targets and receptions a game, getting somewhere between 70 to 80, 90 yards. And that's enough to give you wide receiver three production on any given week. So therefore, DJ Moore continues to have value there. So he's still somebody who I can believe you can play. Like I said, high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, possibly in a week where there's not a lot of guys available to you, and that goes for all scoring formats because the floor is there. It just hasn't had much of a ceiling. And you know this isn't a great match against Tennessee either. Curtis Samuel, we don't know if he's going to play. If he doesn't play, Jerry's right might have some full point PPR value as a spot flex start play in a desperate situation, but that's only if you're desperate. Because somebody else besides DJ Moore has to catch the ball, and I don't believe it's going to be Greg Olson against Tennessee Titans this week. It's going to continue to be left out. So maybe in that situation. But again, that's another dark horse, one that you're a desperate streaming option for. We'll have to see about Curtis Samuel, who wasn't able to practice yesterday. There's still some optimism that maybe he'll be able to go on Sunday. Make sure you're following me along on Twitter at MDSFFshow for that player news update notification throughout the week as well. We'll know more about that probably tomorrow. We'll see if he's able to practice on the capacity today, but I don't think it's going to matter today what he does. It's going to matter what he's able to do on Friday. As far as Kyle Allen, Cam Newton situation goes, Kyle Allen's going to start this week. We know this. I don't think he's out of the reason why Cam Newton was on my waiver wire report is because I don't think he's going to be the starter for the rest of the way. If they lose this game against Tennessee Titans, which I think there's a real possibility that happens, and he doesn't look great again, like he didn't look great against San Francisco 49ers, Cam Newton's going to be a starter next week. I can almost guarantee it. Almost guarantee it. I think they're waiting out one more week. to keep saying Cam Newton's not 100% ready to go. We'll see if that's really the case or not. I think it's more if they want to give Kyle Allen one more shot to show if he can really be the future moving forward. If they lose this game, I guarantee you Cam's a starter next week. That's why I was saying pick up Cam this week if you're in a situation where you've been streaming quarterbacks because if he is 100% ready to go, which I do believe at this point he is, then we should see him run more. So even though I don't believe truly at this point in his career with the shoulder surgeries he has had that he has the velocity to be a great passer for you anymore, but if he is 100% healthy, he will run the football again, and that will at least give you the floor, especially when you're streaming option. So that is why Cam Newton's been there. I do think that's still an option. That wraps up our previews for the early Sunday afternoon games. We're going to take one last quick break. We're going to come back on the other side. we got a mailbag segment for you, and then we're going to close out the episode. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate again that's overtimeheroics.com it's time for the mailbag everyone my favorite part of the episode because this is when i can get to talk to the fans directly from md nation you guys are the ones that make this show go you guys are the ones that make this show worth doing this is how i have a lot of fun and that's why i always look forward to getting your questions and putting them on the show give you guys a shout out give you some recognition for using you as a tool and also being able to help you guys out with some questions you all may have. I usually try to select ones from people that I think a lot of people are going to be asking themselves either this week or down the road. So that way I can kind of encompass a large group of people that I think are popular questions. And starting with that, Smitty from Twitter, he came out and asked me Fantasy Impact of Nikhil Harry and Kareem Hunt rest of season, what do you think? So this is going to be a big question, especially with Cream Hunt. Now we're getting closer. Week 9, he can come back, remember, in Week 12. Uh, So this is somebody who a lot of people are going to be asking questions about, especially Nick Chubb owners. What do you expect out of Kareem Hunt? And my opinion on him has not changed since, really, frankly, the offseason. At best, he's looking at a 50-50 split. Nick Chubb has been very, very good. Now, yes, he's had some fumbling issues past couple of weeks But he's still highly productive. It's going to be really hard for the Cleveland Browns, who I do believe Nick Chubb is their future, not Kareem Hunt, to suddenly just take away touches from Nick Chubb, who as a workhorse back has been the lone bright spot in that offense for them this entire season. So that's why I think at best it's a 50-50 split. But I think in reality, you're looking more at a 65-35-70-30 split between the two. So therefore, I think Kareem Hunt's nothing more than a handcuff. I know a lot of people picking him up. I don't... As a dark horse playoff guy, I don't know why. I don't know. I, he's not going to take over the job. He's not going to get 55 to 45. He's not going to get a majority of the work. So I don't know why people are picking up Kareem Hunt who don't own Nick Chubb, thinking that they are somehow going to have a, a key starter for them throughout the playoffs. I don't get it. So don't bother picking up Kareem Hunt unless you have Nick Chubb. That's my preference to you. As far as Nikhil Harry goes, this is a guy. If I'm, you know, a team, I'm if I'm sitting at, you know, five and three, six and two, seven and one, eight and zero, whatever the case may be. If I'm that team that's looking very, very good for my playoff matchups right now, I'm looking at Nikhil Harry, because in his situation, he's a guy who might be able to get you some really good production down the road. I do believe he's going to be the starter over Philip Dorsett once he comes back, which could be soon. So given that and being that he is more of a bigger body target, being that the Patriots need a red zone threat right now because they don't really have one, he could wind up being that guy down the stretch. I do think he's somebody who's worth stashing if you have the ability to do so, if your team is in a position where you should be able to make your playoff run. Otherwise, I'm not looking at Nikhil Harry. Lee from Facebook asks Half-Point PPR, Golden Tate or Michael Gallup? This boils down to one thing for me, Sterling Shepard. If Sterling Shepard plays, I would go with Michael Gallup in this matchup. He's healthier this week, coming off the bye. It's a great matchup against the Giants. I think both Cooper and Gallup could have really good games this week. And Golden Tate's situation, if Sterling Shepard is back, they're going to cut into each other's volume. And volume has been the name of the game for Golden Tate so far this season, when he's been good and been able to play. If Shepard does not play, especially since it's a half-point PPR league, then, uh, yeah, I would stick with Golden Tate because the volume is just going to be there. He has too high of a floor. But if Shepard does play, I'm going with Michael Gallup just for that reasoning. And that's going to be a popular one, too. I've had a lot of questions about Golden Tate this week. Luna from email. She asked me, PPR league, Jamal Williams or Sony Michelle. This is difficult. And this is another one where it comes down to another player. It comes down to Devontae Adams, right? Because if Adams plays, all of a sudden, these extra targets that have been going to the running back position in general, I know Aaron Jones has been the one blowing up, but Jamal Williams has been benefiting from this as well. In general, the running backs have been getting a lot more targets since Devontae Adams has been out. If he's out again this week, then I do believe you can use Jamal Williams, and I would play him over Sony Michelle, who's playing against Baltimore in Baltimore on Sunday Night Football. It's not a great matchup for you there. So I do think in that situation, you can go Jamal Williams in the flex. If Adams comes back, then I think Jamal Williams becomes too much of a touchdown dependent fantasy player. And if that winds up being the case, I would maybe, maybe go towards Tony Michelle, because while he's also touchdown dependent as well, you at least know Michelle's probably going to get somewhere between 17 to 20 carries, even in this game, because that's just, he has gotten that every single week. And Isaiah Wynn has been designated to return. So he won't be back this week, but this offensive line is going to improve as we move forward. Ben Watson has already been helping them out a little bit. They get Isaiah win back the next couple of weeks. Sonny Michelle's going to start playing better. But as far as this week goes, to me, it would come down to Devontae Adams. If he plays, i probably lean towards Sonny Michelle, knowing I'm going to, to get a certain amount of work. If he does not play, then Jamal Williams will be involved enough in the offense that I would take the chance in a PPR league that he's going to give me a higher floor and have more of a chance to actually score a touchdown than Sonny Michelle this week. So that's what it would boil down to me for you, Luna. That wraps up the show today. I hope you guys all have enjoyed it. I will be back tomorrow with the Friday preview episode where we go over all the late Sunday afternoon games, the Sunday night and the Monday night football game. Of course, with another mailbag segment there as well. I'll be available all day today for any of your fantasy football questions. Make sure you're following me along on Twitter at MDSFFshow, on Facebook at MDFFshow. And of course, you can check out my website for any direct email or rankings. That should be up today, www.mdffshow.com com. You can also make sure you're checking out any one of my networks, Belly Up Sports, especially as we're doing a lot of great work there right now. But also Unwrap Sports, which I'll be doing the sportscaster videos later on this weekend, and of course Overtime Heroics, so you can check out because they have some great forms for you to kind of get in nice conversations there with the fans. I hope you guys all enjoyed the show. I will see you all next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show.